You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games. As long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everyone, this is Luke Hector on another episode of the Broken Meeple Show podcast, deluxe version or, you know, or normal version, I guess, doesn't matter, but hi to you all. Uh, January is, uh, some we say, kicking my rear end at the moment. Uh, uh, I'm trying to get games played, but it's tricky because we're in lockdown, although Tabletop Simulator is helping a little bit on that front. And I do have some stuff coming in the future, I'll mention a bit more in a minute. But other than that, work is draining me. I mean, we're in tax season for... Uh, the UK. This is the month where at the last minute everybody gets their stuff in for us to get their tax returns done by the end of the month, except it's already painful at the best of times, but we've had COVID. So we've been remote working for nearly a year now and it's completely thrown us off kilter. It's completely thrown everything else off kilter. We're trying to do use an IT system that is frankly not sufficient for what we need and it's just slowed everything down. So we are crunching like crazy. Like this is video game industry levels of crunching for getting stuff done by the end of January. I've got one more week to cope. And that's, I say one more week exactly because that's including weekends because we have to put in some overtime. And I have a feeling that Saturday and Sunday is going to require me to put in some overtime on top of what already overtime I've been doing uh, just to make certain that by the end of the 31st of January, we're done. You know, and, and that doesn't mean that February is going to be like, oh, now we can relax and just kick back. No, February is still going to be hard work, but at least it's a, a step up, shall we say, in terms of, uh, you know, stress levels. No, step down. That'd be better. But other than that, both things have been all right here. Just uh, coping in my little house, doing what I do, trying to think of new stuff to do on the blog. And certainly some stuff has been pretty good on that front. Uh, just showing off what's happened recently. I've had very good feedback for some reviews I've done for Under Falling Skies and Lost Ruins of Arnak, where I'm using a new format. This will be a format that I'll use for the reviews going forward. However, that's only certain reviews um the reviews that i can do a full review on i will do in this format but they take a long time to edit you know so these have got to be like occasional videos not once every week but i also want to do first impression videos where if i can't get a game played enough because of covid or various other reasons then i want to talk about it but i'll probably do a more basic video so you imagine like other creators who literally just switch on the camera and talk about a game for 30 minutes you know they still get the views well, maybe I'll just do something like that, where I literally switch on the camera and talk. No fancy editing, very few effects, very few anything really, but just talk about the game and give my first impressions of it. If I play it on Tabletop Simulator, though, and it is a official mod that's been sanctioned, then I will probably show that in the background and talk while I'm looking at that. So that might be a cool thing. But that's just to say what the reviews are like. I recently did uh, a collaboration, because I'm trying to do more of these, with uh, Board Game Co's Alex, uh, Alexander Radcliffe, and we did an episode on my channel where I basically went through, um, I basically fired 30 games at him, and he was meant to take 10 seconds-ish per game to give a summary of what he thinks about it, and then 
we discussed the game, we, our views, disagreements, agreements, that kind of thing. And it was basically off the cuff. You know, we didn't plan it. I mean, we planned to do the episode, but we didn't plan what games we were going to talk about. So this is very much, here you go, think fast. And I like that kind of format. It's quite cool. But, you know, obviously 10 seconds is not to be taken too literally. It's kind of like just basically in a couple of sentences, can you sum up this game and then we'll talk about it in detail. But we had good times. I mean, we talked about all sorts. We've got the crew here. We had on the underground. We've got this War of Mine, uh, Twilight Imperium. We did Brass, uh, Viticulture, uh, Runestone, Gloomhaven, Coffee Roaster. Uh, you know, you name it. We did a uh, Concordia even, Brass, uh, when you mentioned that. But we did quite a lot of stuff on here and i mean this was really good fun to do i had a blast we had a blast i think we we share a lot of similar opinions but then disagree on a few things just like everybody does that's the uh, the beauty of the board game industry uh oh yes i did even mention sentinels in the multiverse yeah how can i not mention that one but you know it was a it was a really cool you know the really cool thing to do but what is going to happen is that we're going to do a part two. So yes, part two, won't that be exciting? And oops, sorry, I have to get the web browser to appear correctly. How dare you try and break on me here? So, come on, there we go, start working. And basically what we're doing is that literally in an hour's time, so I need to make certain this podcast doesn't go on too long, uh, we're going to do part two. So I'm going to do it on his channel. So it will be a Zoom call and he's going to fire 30 games at me and I'm going to do my best to try and keep to 10 seconds or at least a couple of sentences and we'll see what 30 games Alex has come up with. So it'll be the same thing, just his channel. And I thought that kind of worked. You know, we did a two-part series where one on my channel, one on his channel, both of us supporting each other because we both watch each other's content and it was a good laugh. And I want to do more of these in the future. So I want to do uh more with alex because i think it was a good laugh and you know he's very up for this kind of thing uh, we're going to do a board game ramblings uh, top 10 soon we're already planning that where uh both our respective channels pick 10 games the other channel likes and we tell them why they're wrong ton in cheek complete ton in cheek because we do like a lot of similar games but we are you know very <laughs> we're certainly like going to be very interested in what like bad things they're going to say about our favorite game so that should be quite fun but i want to do other ones i want to do say like talk about a designer talk about a publisher talk about a theme in games talk about a mechanic and i want to get other people on and talk you know it could be anybody um i, I remember mentioning to ryan and bethany board games i was going to do something with them and i never got around to it well i better get in touch with them and uh, sort myself out but this should be really good fun to do i, I want to just get i don't mind who you are really i mean uh um who else who else do I know that gets in contact with me on Twitter? That'd be good. I mean, I mentioned Ryan and Bethany board games. They do. Uh, the nerd shelves are pretty vocal on my Twitter, so they'd be quite cool to get on. I'd quite like to get Board Game Perspective on here as well. Board Game Perspective was a channel I did in the promo, and they had a very nice heartwarming story about how they got into board gaming uh, through the passing of one of their um, their brother. Uh, one of them, not both. But the passing of a brother donated the board game collection to them. And now they do like Instagram uh, videos for reviews and that, and they're really good quality photos and videos. I mean, this, the guy, the major, the guy out of the two, it's a couple, um, does the majority, I think, of the photo work and he's very talented, but they don't seem to get a lot of buzz, which is kind of a shame because I think they deserve more. But, you know, I'd like to get these people on the channel, on the StreamYard setup, like I did with Alex and just do stuff. 
It was very popular. I mean, people were very positive in responding to it. It's getting good views. I mean, it's, well, I say good views, just under 5,000 views, which to be fair, in a week is pretty good for my channel. So it's, you know, I'm not going to knock it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I've no doubt that when we do part two on his channel, we'll get about 30,000 views. But, you know, whatever. But it should be good to do that. So expect more of that in the future. All I've got to do is send some emails out and get organizing. Uh, did a January Q&A session. That was good fun. Another hour and three quarters of me just rabbiting on about stuff. Uh, but recently, I've done a lot on Portal. So Portal games have had Portal Con online recently. This is where Portal normally have a convention to get people uh, from Poland to see what their new stuff is, what stuff they've brought over, and announce new games. Well, the last couple of years, they've had to... Was it the last couple of years? No, this year, they've had to do it online. I think they were fine last year yeah last year they were fine because i was there last year but it seems so long ago before pre-covid but th this year they had to do it online and so because i obviously couldn't turn up to there i would normally be there although to be fair maybe this year was kind of a blessing because had it been on and i had to go to poland i'm not sure work would have given me the time off because of the amount of crunch we've had so maybe this was a blessing in disguise. I don't know. The fact that it, it might have been on, but I wouldn't have been able to attend. That would have been harder, I think, than it being online only and being forced not to attend. So <laughs> I wonder how that works. But I decided to do a little treat. So Ignasti asked me and a bunch of other creators, uh, mostly from the States, to do a live reaction of the keynote seminar that he does. And they've gotten very good with keynote seminars you know the, the, he's getting very good with green screen and stuff like that so i basically did a live stream where i talked about portal in general uh for about a quarter of an hour sorted out some bugs with obviously streaming live because i've never done a live reaction video and then we go through we watch ignacy's uh 30 minute video where they do the announcements and I react and I talk about it and I had people commenting in the chat about what they like about these announcements I gave my own thoughts it was a well put together presentation I mean props to you Ignacy. I mean you had a couple of <laughs> little uh was it bloopers where uh something cut in when he was trying when he should when it shouldn't have but I mean that was funny I mean that was just amusing so I mean it's, it, it was, he's very comfortable when he's doing stuff live he's obviously been doing this for a long time he's confident you know, and he's just a joy to listen to. But some of the stuff that was announced, like a, a football manager strategy game and expansions for a solo expansion for Empires in the North, a new June game. I need to seriously watch something June. <laughs> I know nothing about June. And now everything is all June. And the new movie hasn't come out yet. I didn't watch the old movie. People are telling me I need to read the books. I don't have time to read. Uh, but people did suggest a mini series. So maybe I might jump into the mini series because I think that might be a bit more accessible for me to watch. But, you know, check out that video. It's uh, it's up at the moment. It's there. And uh, certainly I'd, I'd love to, for more people to see it because my live videos don't get a huge amount of views compared to my pre-recorded stuff. But I urge people to go watch it. It was a good laugh. But I also, as a treat, did a top 10 games published by Portal. So I literally did my 10 favorite games developed by Portal. And that's that started off a bit slow, but it started to get a bit more viewership lately, probably since Ignacy retweeted it to people. And, uh, you know, it's a top 10, standard top 10, newish format. Uh, you know, obviously I'm still experimenting a bit with the format, but I go over various uh, games that I love from Portal. So by all means, please check out that list. But that's what the channel's been doing lately. At the moment, I'm trying to, you know, get more content to, shall we say, uh, 
bring to you and I know you want more game reviews as well I'm going to be recording a first impressions video of Praga Kaput Regni um, very soon I've got some TTS footage of that and I've played it a few times but not enough to do a full review so I want to do a first impressions uh, Dune Imperium I have played that quite a bit lately so I should be able to do a full review proper edited video review with that um, in the in the future that'll probably be next and I've got Merv to play as in I've bought the game and I need to play it although chances are this will be mostly a first impressions one or I might do a full review from a solo perspective we'll have to see because the problem is I can't get people around my house nobody wants to come around we're not allowed to and I'm kind of limited on what I can do yes there is a TTS mod for Merv but I can only play online so often so there's that and what was the other game oh yeah Taiwan Taiwan Tinsuyu or something uh, I've got that game I haven't played it enough yet a mm, little bit ho-hum as to whether I'll do a video on that one, but we'll have to see because it is a little bit late to the game. But no, no, let me know if you want me to crack on with Tywin Tinsuyu and get that one as at least, if not a first impressions, sorry, if not a full review, then at least a first impressions video. Oh, a bit of chamomile tea there. All right, so yeah, there's stuff in the works. Anyway, I better get on with the rest of this podcast. So, you know, just a quick message before I start off on the main highlights there the board game community is what i feel is a little bit fractured at the moment i'm seeing a lot of like contentious stuff on social media facebook twitter and some not not much on youtube but certainly facebook and twitter is just becoming a bit of a battleground for the board game community at the moment and, you know i have seen just about uh, every single display of every ism that there is in the dictionary every aspect of cancel culture i can think of uh, every aspect of you know subdividing elements of the board game community categorizing labeling and and it's just i'm worried about the community at the moment i think the whole covid thing of everyone being isolated is starting to get to people and i think like social wise we're starting to lose a bit of that uh, that that spark that is in the board game industry and we need to we need to pull it back. We need to get back to how we were. I know that's difficult during COVID, but the more these vaccinations come out and the more we finally get rid of this rotten thing, then hopefully that will be good. You know, I pray for the first convention that I'm allowed to go to. I mean, Midgard was cancelled again for 2020, which was heartbreaking because I really want to go to Iceland and go to that convention. But at this rate, I think Hilmar actually just is saying, look, look, we'll do the convention at some point. You're welcome to come to it and we will get you here. But in the meantime, when COVID ends, just fly over, stay with me and we'll show you Iceland. And it's like, you know what? I might actually take you up on that because I could do with a vacation when this is all over and Iceland would be one of my first picks. But certainly i just want to get back to people i want to go visit places i just want to get back to life but on top of that like i say i just i've seen a lot of like uh, this is like everybody's kind of at war with each other and i choose to remain for the most part neutral because this is the board gaming channel i want people to come here to escape to board games you know this is what it should be for not to talk about politics or you know human rights and stuff like that even though you can argue that some of those things should be highlighted more. But like I say, there are some people who highlight it better than others. I just choose to say, look, this is a channel to come to just to have fun, just to let loose, do what you like, talk how you think, talk how, talk how you think, say what you think, you know, that kind of thing. And it, I just feel it's better that way. But like I say, not going to get into details, but I just, like I say, we just need to pull it back people okay i don't want the board game community to fracture and come out of covid like you know right at, at 
what's it at odds with each other i don't want this sort of like oh, i don't want you you know i don't want like the it's, it's it feels like feels like the uh what are they called the the brown coats and the oh who are they called who are the people called in firefly that are the like the 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 wealthy people or something like that uh ah I'm ashamed of myself that I can't remember, but you know what I mean. You know, I don't want this whole f board game community to turn into factions, you know, where you've got subdivisions of people who support each other, but then won't have anything to do with anyone outside of their little bubble. You know, and I'm seeing a lot of that, you know, where you can tell that there's a bias to certain like people and that where, you know, constantly it will be on Twitter, do this, watch this, watch this for the same people with from the same people about the same people but nothing about anything else i've always tried for this channel to be very inclusive of everybody who's a small creator i did those promos last year and they were very popular granted i've stopped doing them now i've run out of people that you who sent in videos but also i need to keep the video shorter so i need to like draw a line somewhere but i'm still all up for supporting smaller creators i mean that's the reason i want to do these collaborations not necessarily just with smaller creators i mean come on i did alex and board game co that is not a small creator but i certainly want to get other people on the channel who haven't been heard of as much or deserve more support and views from people and that would be a way to get more shall we say exposure but enough of that, you want me to get on with the plots of this episode. Not to mention that I had to uh, cut and paste the video a little bit there because my friend literally came round the door to pick up a game she was buying off me and I left. I had to leave it off. I had to leave the laptop, go downstairs, chat to her for about 20 minutes and then come back on because I need to get this finished, recorded before I talk with Alex later for part two of that video I just mentioned. So time is of the essence. But let's go on to the main meat. So first off, I just want to give a little shout out to a man called Stephen Aslett or Stefan Aslett. Sorry if I uh, butchered the name there. Uh, he got in touch with me on email, completely random. Um, apparently has watched my content. Uh, so thank you very much for watching it. But he has a website that is preparing for a Kickstarter launch. And I'm not normally one to talk about pre Kickstarter previews. I mean, I am, I have accepted a couple of Kickstarter preview review copies lately. Uh, I think Rebel has got a game coming out later this year called Meadows or something or something like that. And, you know, they did stuff like Dream Home and that. So they've done good games. So I'd be interested to try something by a proper publisher. But also Chris Handy has got in touch with me about a small game called a Long Shot the Dice Game. So Longshot was a horse racing game that came out like over a decade ago. This is a sort of condensed version of it. So it's like, okay, this could be quite cool. And um, for those who don't know, he works with a publisher called Perplexed, who did the Paco Gum games, the ones that like literally were as big as a pack of chewing gum. I didn't necessarily go mad for those games, but I thought it was a neat idea to have these very nifty sort of travel games that you could have in your pocket. But onto the plot... Stephen, I'm going to say Stephen, sorry if it's wrong, but go in touch with me with a Kickstarter that he's planning for about April-ish time. Uh, it's not done yet, but it's to do with these little trains. This is a little tin that I'm showing on the camera now, uh, the Mercury as it's called. And you're thinking, well, what are these for? Well, basically, he's watched a bunch of my videos where I keep saying about how much Ticket to Ride is a great game. There's stuff on my wall, how I reckon it should be the number one game on Board Game Geek because of how much influence it's had, you know, move over Gloomhaven. But... This is a neat little thing because if you've bought the 10th anniversary set for Ticket to Ride, then you remember those trains that are in there, those cool 3D sculpted trains? You know, they're, they're a really cool pimp up for the game, but they are designed for a bigger inflated board, so they don't work with other games. 
This is going to be a Kickstarter for trains in that similar vein where they do fit on normal boards. And I have checked, I have taken these out and tested them on a ticket to ride board. They work fine. But essentially, as you can see, it's a proper little tin. So it's just like the 10th anniversary thing. And, you know, they pop open. And there's about 48 odd trains in here. So enough to cater for all ticket to ride games and, you know, scoring markers and stuff like that. And they, this is a sample set that I've been set, so it's not necessarily the final version, but there's going to be multiple of these on the Kickstarter, so you have, like, different ones for different players, and they're pretty sweet, actually. I mean, I'm hoping the webcam can kind of do it justice and show them off, but just in case it can't, uh, the website preparing for this is called uh, the littleplastictrain.com, and this is showing, like, the pre-production prototypes and that, and... So you can see it scrolling across the screen there. But this is the train itself. And it's basically a bullet train. And it's, I can say, I would say in terms of quality, this is kind of like a step down, but not by much, from the 10th anniversary ticket to ride. But bear in mind, that's Days of Wonder. They've got a bigger budget behind this kind of thing. But I think these are pretty neat. I mean, this, you can see a closer up picture on the screen sort of scrolling by of some pre-production prototypes. So you can see kind of what this looks like. But these are neat. And of course, you get, a bunch of them in the box, you know, 48 or so, so enough for a score marker and pretty much any edition of Ticket to Ride, no matter how many trains you need. Granted, okay, theme-wise, like anybody cares about the theme of Ticket to Ride, these aren't trains that necessarily existed in 1930s or whatever setting it's meant to be, because, I mean, the bullet train wasn't really a factor in uh, those times, but it would work with the Japan map. But these are really cool. I mean, I've got a few of these tins. Um, he sent me three sample tins. I've got this tin, which I'm going to keep. I'm not sure what to do with the other two. Uh, whether give them to some friends, maybe donate them to the Dice Cafe, or maybe do a giveaway. I don't know. I'll have to see. I'll have to see what I'm going to do with those. But this Kickstarter is probably going to start around the April time. That's what he said he was aiming around, but obviously don't quote me on that. But there's not much else to say. Uh, you can go to this website, littleplastictrain.com, and register your interest. So when he finally gets up and running you'll be notified about it but i think this is worth a look i reckon on crowdfunding on the dice tower that series they do i'd be hard pressed to think that tom vassal would not rave about this when it comes live because he loves ticket to ride as much as i do and he there's no doubt that this would be something he would buy for not the dice tower library and for his own collection but i'm keen on this as well because those trains in the 10th anniversary set are cool so to have a set of loads of like four or five different train sets that I can use with any ticket to ride map, I think this is going to be a very popular pimp up your game Kickstarter. So by all means, uh, thank you very much, Stephen, for watching the channel and for sending me a sample of this for free, you know, just as a lift. I mean, you know, I know it sounds like I'm doing an advertisement, but we're, you know, hand on heart, he did not say do me a video or anything he did not say do me a preview thing it literally just gave them to me there was no reward incentivized i decided i wanted to talk about it on the podcast because i think this is a pretty sweet little thing so yeah well um i'll probably mention it when it comes up and actually gets goes on live but for now just um yeah wait and see i reckon this will be pretty sweet i mean those pre-production things show some pretty good train sculpts and i look forward to it so good luck with that Take another swig of my tea. So the main event, which I've got 25 minutes to do. <laughs> Am I going to have a voice left by the time I go with Alex later? This is going to be fun. But I want to talk about a top five list. I don't normally do top five lists on 
the podcast on or top 10 list general but i want to do more top lists in general because i know you guys like it but i figured the podcast well two reasons one i didn't actually know what to talk about this podcast <laughs> apart from the trains and my general updates i didn't know what to talk about this podcast i thought what's happened that i can really talk about uh, I'm out of topics. I need to think of something quick. So I thought, okay, can I do a top 10 list? And it's like, oh, that'll take too long. So I thought I had some suggestions from my Patreons on some lists that I could do. And I've looked at them all and they're pretty sweet suggestions. Not all of them are viable though for a full top 10 list. So I thought the ones that aren't viable for a top 10, I'll do a top five and I'll do them on the podcast. So thank you, John Stone, for this suggestion. This is top 10, sorry, top five, <laughs> get it right, board games, that were translated from video games. So basically, top 10 board game adaptions or video games. Because I'm a video gamer. I, well, I say video gamer, PC gamer mainly. I do have a Switch downstairs with a couple of Mario games and Zelda and stuff like that. But for the most part, I play a PC. I've got a power PC in the other room and I play various PC games. So I don't know if I can bring up my uh, Steam library on the thing. I don't know. Maybe I can look it up on a website. So maybe I can go to my Steam Okay, I had a little tinker around, but apparently I can't show my Steam platform without like doing like turning off the broadcast and sharing a screen and that. So I'll just put in a few games that I tend to play. So I mean, my PC games at the moment, I play a lot of PC games and I'm more into shooters, but not Twitch shooters like Call of Duty and that. I used to like the Battlefield series, but Deep Rock Galactic here is the... Uh, game I'm playing the most of at the moment and like I say I've already got to end game content I'm just doing weekly elite deep dives but I still like to just pick up and play this one you know what I just want to kill giant spiders you know because I hate spiders and so I want to kill them all and it's a co-op game four player you're dwarfs you're doing various mining related missions while obviously fighting back the spider hordes of various types updates are coming out it's it's an absolute classic this game i just have so much fun just you know even with randoms you don't even have to play with friends with randoms i have a laugh and you know you've got to work together there's different missions it's really cool with all the levels being procedurally generated and that this is you know my pick game but then i'm also playing a lot of uh, monster hunter world with uh, some friends of mine we sort of meet up weekly to uh play it and I sort of play a bit of solo as well. And yeah, I never really got into the Monster Hunter stuff in the past, but this one, we just thought, you know what? The four of us, we needed something to do on a Friday evening. And so we got into this one. Uh, I use a sword and shield and we're progressing slowly through the plot, mainly because we're sort of taking our time. But, you know, we have fun just meeting up and killing monsters. So this is definitely uh, one that I have good fun with. You know, I like to play a support role or like be good at dodging and evading. So sword and shield kind of suits me quite nicely. Uh... At the moment, on Sunday evening, so tonight as well, I play Stellaris with a multiplayer group. I've played some solo campaigns as well, but um, it's getting to the point now where I just don't have the time to commit to some of the solo stuff on Stellaris. So I think once we're done with this multiplayer game, that will be the last I play Stellaris for a while. But, you know, a cool sci-fi strategy game from uh, is it Paradox Development. I have good fun with that. And uh, other things, uh, Civ 6. Yeah, I've started playing that. Um, again, time to commit to a strategy game is hard, but I play a bit of that. But I'm trying to think what else. I need to visit. I need to finish off Resident Evil Seven because the eight one is coming out, and I did enjoy Resident Evil Seven, but I kind of stopped playing it. And part of that was just time, and the other part of it is because the bit I'm about to go into in Resident Evil Seven involves a lady who sends bugs at you, including spiders, and it's like, okay, how much do you want me to like have? 
nightmares. <laughs> so, I mean, it's already quite a scary game. It's very well done, but uh, certainly would be good. But I played stuff like Outlast, Alien Isolation, the Tomb Raider reboots, Left 4 Dead. I've played all sorts of, you know, good fun games. You know, this is essentially my home. And of course, I can play board games as well. So I have good fun there. But what I want to get on to is I want to talk about my five favorite games that were translated from video games. And the main reason I'm doing five is because I could only think of five. <laughs> a lot of them I have not played. And, you know, some of them are like, I haven't wanted to play or they've not been rated very highly or they're not IPs I'm interested in. So I literally could only think up five. And that's only recently been able to think up five. So it was a bit hard to do. But I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to go through these five fairly quickly, not dwell on them too much, but I just want to talk about some particular favorites. So my number five is a recent one. It is Kingdom Rush. Now, this is still based off a video game. This is still based off uh, a mobile game, technically, but it is a video game that became a it's a game that became a thing. Look, I'm having to stretch here, okay? Did you want my number five to be Under Falling Skies because it's technically Space Invaders? You know, I was running out of options here, but... The Kingdom Rush Rift in Time, I've done a review on it. You can check it out on the channel. 7 out of 10, I think it's pretty good. Um, not the best game ever. And I think the difficulty curve is way too high in this game. But it does represent the, the, the video game quite well. Obviously, it's abstracted certain elements because it can't be like real time. I think it would be a bit of a nightmare if it was. But... You essentially have to defend your castle from an approaching horde. So they are approaching slowly on these uh, like tiles. You have to use polyomino attacks to cover the various minions, wipe out the tiles. And you're placing buildings down, which you can upgrade. You're restricting them where you can put them. You've got a hero that you can move around. It's a co-op. It's a very cool, very cool looking game. But I do think the difficulty is just way too high, especially if you play solo. If you play two-handed, it's a little bit easier. But if you play solo mode, true solo, I think it's too hard. You know, even on the easier difficulties. Because certain things, you just will not have enough stuff to do. Having a hero that you can use once and then that's it for the whole game, is not enough. You need multiple heroes running around doing hero stuff. It's just too difficult. But I still want to try it a bit more. I've got the Kickstarter stuff downstairs I've yet to pack up, um, unpack. And I'd like to try it with some of the upgraded components, maybe give it another go, get some more practice, get better at the game, and, you know, get, in, get really stuck into this one. But for now, it was a 7 out of 10. Uh, you know, I think it's good. I think it's worth a try, but it could have been better, I feel. But still, it's my number five. And like I say, a lot of the video game, board games, I just haven't played. So there's a lot that you're going to be saying, Luke, what about this? Well, I haven't played it, so I don't really know. But Kingdom Brush, my number five. Number four. Number four, yes, uh, I reviewed this a long time ago, but it is the recent uh, re-implementation, the 2016 version of Doom. Doom the board game. So if you have, and this is another game I've been playing, actually, I've been playing for the Ancient Gods DLC, which is hard, <laughs> supremely hard, even on Hurt Me Plenty. It's like, seriously, who plays Doom on the hardest difficulty? It's ridiculous. But this is like based on the remake BC uh, game Doom, which is fantastic. I mean, if you want the most intense, energetic, frantic, hard as nails shooter ever, which is just carnage, play Doom, you will not regret it. But this is basically a, in a sense, a dungeon crawl thing based on that game. So you've got the enemies from it. I mean, you've got the cool sort of heads with the eyeballs. You've got the tyrants and a few of the other shooty mobs. And 
one person controls all those enemies the others play like the various players um like squaddies or whatever different guns different items you go into scenarios you fight back the monsters do an objective it's your basic cookie cutter run-of-the-mill still adventure crawl but it's got really cool miniatures in it for the doom things it recreates that doom nostalgia it, it's very faithful to the video game and if i could play this more often I would have kept the game. I don't have it anymore, but that's mainly because dungeon crawls like this are hard for me to get to the table if they don't have a solid solo mode in them. The main problem I had with this one, though, when I reviewed it was that the difficulty curve was kind of ridiculous. If you played through the campaign, it started off at a point where it was physically impossible for the enemy player to win. Like, there is no way the bad guy should win a game unless the the human players are absolute idiots <laughs> it was ridiculous but then as it went through it flipped on its head so that it was not impossible for the humans to win so it was kind of like it didn't really know how to balance its difficulty and that was the biggest flaw of the game but if it i reckon that if they could streamline the rules to this a bit and sort out that difficulty curve you know flatten it out or do some better scenarios just for standalone it doesn't have to be a campaign then this would have taken off a bit more it didn't do as well as it probably could have done but i still had a good time with this one it gave me the nostalgic feels for doom it just needed a little bit of fixing in certain areas okay my number three is XCOM, the board game. And this is a game that I, I played this game before I even played the computer games. You know, somebody, t my mates told me like you've got to play the XCOMs. We've been playing it. Why haven't you played it? And it's like, well, there's a lot of stuff to play. I don't have time. And eventually I thought, fine, I'm going to get stuck in. I played XCOM Enemy Within and I loved it. And then the second one came out and I loved it. It was uh, <laughs> frustrating at times. The idea that your guy could stand in front of an enemy, shoot and still miss, despite the fact you've got 99% accuracy. It's like, seriously, are you blind? Uh, yeah, that gets a bit frustrating now and again. But uh, it was a, just a really cool thing. I like the strategic element of planning the missions out and deciding where you're going to go in the world and building up your base. But then I also like the missions where you went in and actually shot up aliens. It gave me nostalgic feels to a game called uh oh what was it called uh was it called infiltration isolation oh i can't remember you it was basically like these aliens had invaded and they'd already like messed up the world and it was like lots of sort of toxic enemies and you walked around in XCOM style with a squad of people you geared up weapons and you fought them off and fight a queen and stuff but i can't for the life of me remember what title it was but it was really addictive and i really enjoyed it but XCOM's some of the deal so the idea with this one is that you essentially play like the strategic version of the game trying to find a good photo for people it's about the best i'm going to get with this guy's flashy hand but essentially you take it you play a different role each so you've got a commander you've got the science officer you've got the uh the general shall we say or the uh army sergeant whatever i forget what they're called army leader but the idea is that each player has a role and it's very different so the commander is trying to maintain the budget and the finances as well as some crises the scientist is trying to research all the tech to give to the other players so that they can do their job better the army officer is going on the missions to with the various miniature like army dudes with the guns to try and shoot up aliens and that of course you've got to defend your base from attack you've got to defend the atmosphere from ufos that's more the central officer's job and it's all done with an app and i love app integration in games people are so you know hard on this but i think it's great when you have it it tells you it guides you through the scenario it has the timer it resolves all the crises and you basically have a real-time phase then clear up an admin and then real-time phase clear up an admin and you go through until you either die or you win it's a very cool game i just haven't played it in 
ages because doing the solo is a logistical nightmare <laughs> you know trying to control four different players by yourself it's not easy trust me but when you get a full team of four of you playing this it's a good amount of fun i just can't get it to the table often enough but i don't want to sell it because it's really 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 good fun when you do play it it's just it's not an easy one for me to play maybe i need to practice a bit more playing it solo and then i can play it a bit more solo but unfortunately the two girls that i used to play um xcom with moved away so i haven't had a chance to you know play it with them again but yeah you know it's a really solid game that's faithful to the original license yes you're not doing the tactical combat like you do in the game but you've got to abstract it to a point but i really liked it this was one of the first instances where it proved that an app integration with a board game works 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 Number two is, number two, where's my number two? Number two is kind of, it's two games, but it's the same brand. It is either Sid Meier's Civilization, the board game, the 2010 version, or Sid Meier's Civilization, A New Dawn from 2017. Pick your poison. Both are good. Both are on my shelf. But the 2010 version was the very meaty one, like the really heavy version. It had a lot of rules. It was pretty complex. But this was the most faithful to Civilization 4. So, Sid Meier's Civilization 4, this one felt very similar to. And this one had the winning conditions like winning by warfare, winning by technology, winning by, uh, you know, coinage, or whatever they called it, like by wealth. And it had a lot of rules, and it was abstracted to a point because you basically had to play on this, like, tile map. So it had some exploration in it. But it kind of... It suffered a bit in its base game format in terms of balance and what you could do. But with the two expansions, which are in my copy, Wisdom and Warfare and Wealth and something else, I can't remember what the other one was, it shines. You've got different like districts that you can build. You've got a different way of doing the warfare, which was kind of like a kind of almost a bit like a rock, paper, scissors thing, but with some tactical play. And you had the technology dial, so you could get different technologies to improve your thing. It's a really cool game, and I want to play it more, but there's no solo mode for it as far as I'm aware. And again covid means i haven't been able to get it out at all but i really do want to bring this out again at some point i thought it was really solid uh sid Meier's new dawn is the one i've played more often recently and this is kind of closer to sid Meier's five and six the pc games this is definitely more abstracted than the 2010 version but it's also simpler to play even though it's not a lightweight thing it's still a fairly heavy game but this one has you like on a kind of hex hex map as opposed to the square tiles and you're doing things like sending caravans off to different city states and other players to get like diplomacy things with them you've got the the a bit of warfare a bit of controlling areas but the thing i love about this game is that focus row so i wonder if i can find a really good uh can i find a good picture for that focus row because i need to showcase that more than anything else uh Nah, maybe this picture is as good as it gets, but you can see that everybody's got a row, like a sort of cardboard row in front of them with some cards underneath. They're your technologies. They're the different actions that you do. And the idea is, is that the board row shows you what terrain it can apply to and how powerful the action is in terms of its rating, one to five. 
And the idea is, is that you choose which one of those actions you want to do, but then when you use it, it goes to the back at its weakest form. And then as you use more actions, it gradually gets more powerful. So you've got to juggle around these actions trying to think, well, when's the best time for me to trigger this? When it's at its most powerful or do I need it right now? You know, and it's such a cool system. The expansion in there adds another element to it a sixth card that you play with districts and that it's a good expansion for this game actually it has rejuvenated it quite a bit for me and i do like this one i want to play this some more there was a solo variant for this unfortunately it's not compatible with the expansion which makes the solo variant useless for me now hopefully fantasy flight will update it although i'm not going to hold my breath that they'll do it anytime soon and then finally getting on to my favorite one i think people have called this one ages ago this war of mine this War of Mine, one of the most thematic board games I have ever, ever played. This one is as gritty and dark and depressing, <laughs> in a good way, as the video game is. And the video game I have not played in a while. It's on my Steam. I really should, like, load it up again because it is so atmospheric. The, the soundtrack to this War of Mine is fantastic. But the game itself is a giant... Whoop, everyone's got miniatures. I need to find some better thing for it. But essentially, it's board slash card game you're you're going into this uh, different scenarios you can play a campaign or a standalone thing and the idea is is that you you're in your house you build up various inventions like a water filtration system a workshop that kind of thing and you're trying to survive the grittiness of the reality people are coming around trying to mob you you've got various story scripts that you read where like you know some people some children might come around begging for food do you have the food to give them or do you have to hold it back you know you've got to make some very torturous decisions from a morality perspective but then you go out and scavenge these locations with a sort of deck of cards where you can find more stuff more water more food weapons ammo you know tools wood iron whatever you need and you've basically got to survive until the end of scenario so it is a full-on 100% survival game but with such a strong theme such a strong theme it's so good it's one thing that pulls me back to it as often as I can despite the fact it's hard as nails <laughs> this is very hard I mean you will die a horrible death frequently and in this war of mine chances are the death that you have is pretty horrifying you're either dying of starvation illness or you commit suicide or you run off into the you run off and just get shot by snipers just to end it all pretty dark it's pretty dark and dismal you're probably already hearing like oh my god but that stuff happens in this game particularly with the book of scripts but it's just wonderfully thematic i play it solo with like three or so people you can play it in a group but frankly i don't think there's a necessity to play it in a group it really is best played as a solo game the expansion adds some more stuff you know some of it good some of it not uh, there's another expansion a campaign which i've yet to buy for this game i might have to consider getting that and trying it out uh the siege one i might have to see if that's any good or not but yeah it's right behind me on my shelf i really love it and i talking about it makes me want to play it again and i say that's how rich this theme is so yeah that's essentially everything i can think of so yeah i've only got five minutes before i'm due to meet up with alex so i think i'm gonna wrap it up there but basically that is my top five games that are based on video games yes there are more i know there's like things like the fallout games there's a bioshock one there was a starcraft one there was a warcraft one i just haven't played a lot of those games so i couldn't really rate them some of them don't look very good i mean there was a a witcher one the witcher adventure game with fantasy flight that bombed hard so you know a lot of these ips are not represented that well but i'm interested to 
you know, hear your thoughts in the comments about these. So obviously I've mentioned my favorite five, my only five to be perfectly blunt. So obviously there's a lot I've missed out. I'd like to hear your thoughts in the comments about games that I've mentioned, but also the ones I have not mentioned. Uh, little top fives like this are going to be interesting to do if I can't do a full top 10. So let me know if you want more of these. They will certainly fill up uh, podcast episodes and they'll be easier for me to do than a full on top 10 series. But yeah, this is quite cool. You know, I am a PC gamer at heart as well as a board gamer. And, you know, I like playing all sorts of stuff. And like I say, when a board game comes out that is to do with an IP that I play as a PC game, it gators my interest. But of course, if it's based on a PC game that I don't play, like say Bioshock, I'm less interested. So there is that kind of initial hype that comes with it. I need to ideally have played the PC game or at least heard of it to necessarily get into it as a board game. But we shall see. Anyway, that's all for me. I better get ready for this Zoom call. Hopefully I've got enough voice to cope. It's going to be a long day. But uh, yep, I'll get this one edited out for you tonight. And uh, until next time, take care. I hope you're dealing with COVID and everything that's going on in your own way and surviving. Um, I look forward to talking to you in the next Broken People Show podcast. Until next time, as always, remember, it's only a game. Stay safe, love you all, and I'll see you soon.